Still streaming. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. Online at 98kupd.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Tuesday. It is 545. This is the morning sickness. My name's John Holmberg. How are you? There's Brady. There's Brett. There's Toledo. We're going for it. Uh, it is a, a beautiful day. It is spring. It is official. Uh, talking with Jay over there at React Defense yesterday and a couple other people I hung out with. The allergies are kicking everybody's ass. You take pills. Brady's oh, taking man. pills. Everybody's on it. And my theory, again, holds true. Wrong way drivers start popping up out of nowhere. And no one ever says, ah, Holmberg's thing uh, about the everybody on being on allergy medicine has to contribute to this a little bit. It's every end of February, March, and April, we start talking about wrong way drivers. Yesterday, horrific. This morning, another one. Had two of them a couple of days ago. Everybody's all Claritin and Benadryl'd up. And if, they, if you're anything like me, it, you should not be doing anything when you're on the Benadryl because I can barely work a spoon. Comboed up with spring training. Yeah, and then you add in a little bit of like, I feel fine, so I'm still going to drink at spring training. Look, it says it on the box. Maybe not a good idea to operate heavy equipment. That isn't a backhoe. That's your car. <laughs> your car's heavy equipment. Yeah, yeah. I know most of us are like, well, the Claritin said not to run a backhoe or a bulldozer today. But they're kind of talking about that two-ton hunk of metal you're going 70 miles an hour in also. So if you're on it, be careful. Some people are unaffected. Like, I'm talking to some people. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. It makes me... I think you're one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. I think I'd rather... times a day. I'd rather do meth than allergy meds. Uh, It doesn't... Maybe I'm just over. I'm just like immune to it now. It that just could doesn't, be. Yeah. You need a stronger. Yeah, yeah but you need, to, yeah. you need <laughs> to try you it first yeah. to compare that. You're throwing that out. It's that true. You, and you know what? That yeah. came from ignorance, yeah. Brady. You're right. I need to side by side Claritin <laughs> and then a nice dose of crystal meth to find out if I have any accuracy at all in this. But yeah, I, I, I will take a spork and try to pry my eye out with Benadryl going through my system. That and the fact that if I, if I stop moving for a minute. I can go out for 15 or 16 hours, no problem. That oh, stuff wow. is... I wish. When I got the allergy thing a couple weeks ago, and I called you guys at 2 in the morning to let you know, not making it in. Good it night. It wasn't so much because I was feeling bad. That had a lot to do with it. But I'm like, I got to take one of these death pills. And man, I was done. I text you at 2.30 to tell you I wasn't coming in. I woke up at noon, peed, went back to the couch, slept. 3.30 rolled around, woke up again. And I just kind of was in and out for the rest of that day. It was over. It was over. If I was, if I had to try to function or drive, good chance I go to sleep behind the wheel. Not me. I need a Lane Staley, uh, Scott Weiland <laughs> cocktail to <laughs> mess me up. Yeah. Oh. I'm just. I we always... had a kid do that uh, over the weekend. Tick the TikTok challenge that's been around for a while. The kid was 13 years old. He did the Benadryl, Benadryl challenge. What is that? You're taking 12 to 14. To what? Pills to That's overdose. Yeah. It's called did. overdosing. And he's dead. Yeah, because you hallucinate, okay, right? You yeah. Or you're supposed oh, to I hallucinate. Yeah, hallucinate, yeah. yep. Every time I stretch, I feel like I'm about to go. Man. It's weird. Yeah, it's a strange thing. It's just a theory I've had for a long time. 
people on uh, that mixed in with whatever else they got going on. This stuff is causing these people to be disoriented. It's a spatial, uh, what does it call it? Spatial dis- disorientation in, in uh, the sky. Pilots, uh, like 20% of airline crashes, small airplanes, uh, are because of spatial disorientation where the pilot's like not trusting his own brain versus what the uh, stuff's telling him. And he starts to do the opposite is of what the plane wants. I don't know. Is that deprivation nope. or anything like that? It just happens. It just happens, it just happens. They start looking and going... And it's inner ear balance, equilibrium stuff. So their their inner ear will say, like, we're turning. And they're not. And they'll bank the other way. And now they are. And everything feels, their body feels right. And they think their equipment's wrong. It happens a lot. To, talk to pilots about spatial disorientation. They're like, oh, yeah. Been in a cockpit while it's happening. Had it happen to me. They know. And so that's, I think that happens when people are on the meds. I think they feel like they're doing the right thing. Remember that lady that ran into KUPD in Guadalupe? Just oh, yeah. Thought she was on the freeway. Drove right through our parking lot wall. She was on the freeway for a little bit. <laughs> she was. To get off the freeway, drive all the way around, hit crappy little tiny Carmen Road, and drive it all the way into our parking lot, and then just mash through the gate, and then she, she was out. Man. She was having her diabetes medicine had stopped working, and she decided to go off and float around in whatever world she thought she was living in and made it all the way to the gate and just said, I'm going to go 55 through this thing. Blazed through our parking lot. The gate didn't stop or nothing. Makes me think about Jamarcus Russell, too, how he could <laughs> right. function on... Caesarep. Now, yeah. I don't know that he was doing that during games. It started to look like he might have been, but he was a big fan of that for parties. And purple drink, look, I get it. If I was at a party and somebody offered me the purple drink, I'm going to take a sip of that. I feel great when I'm on that. It makes me sleepy. I got a little extra in there. I can start seeing things. That's, that's the whole purpose of a party. But just keep your eyes open for that uh, wrong way driver thing is back. And if if I have any brain in my body, uh, it tells me there's something that ties in with the allergy season that it starts to ramp up a little bit right around now. And if you're not on it, be aware. Yeah, look around. Like, make sure. Yeah, and that's the one thing. Don't drive by the on-ramps. This is the uh, season right now. Float over left as far as you can. Don't go in that far length because if they come shooting down there, you got no chance. It's weird. Yeah. I, I'm convinced. I'm I'm convinced I'm on to something. It's a good theory. Well, I'm a jackass, and uh, that's my reputation, and that's what people know me for. So when I say something really knowledgeable, people are like, the jackass said it. There's something to it. You know who could do Mike Broomhead's out there. You do something about this. People take you seriously. Broomhead can do it. I was listening to that Suicidal Tom, the, the traffic guy's back. Oh, Suicidal man. Tom is back on KTAR talking about wrong-way drivers. Now, Tom, I have to give you some advice. When you say wrong way driver facing the wrong way, technically that means he's going the right direction. So the wrong way driver facing the wrong way is going the right way. And otherwise, if you're a right way driver and you're going the wrong way, you're a wrong way driver. But if you're a wrong way driver facing the wrong way, you're actually going with the flow of traffic. I almost turned around and went the wrong way. After <laughs> because of the report, yeah. I'm like, whoa. Thank you, Bring Sal back. I need some we, excitement in the morning. We got, uh, Jim, we're looking at a guy out there going the wrong direction. And if uh, if it were me, hopefully it would be a mangled mess of metal in a few minutes. Because uh, this ain't worth it anymore. Kate, <laughs> Got that Chicago accent going. He just doesn't want to be there. Looks like it's all going pretty well to me, Jim, at least on the freeway. Not my personal life, but that's a different story. Uh, my love life is one big wrong way wreck. Uh, KTAR News, Tom the Suicide uh, Traffic Guy. Live from the sh. <laughs> yeah, broadcasting live from a pile of my own human sh. I'm Tom. Suicidal Tom with the traffic. 
Gate, T-A-R Noose. He's got his own way of doing it. He doesn't do it like everybody else. He just, he, yeah, you know why? Because I'm not like everybody else, which is why I want to put a knife through my own juggler. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, Sal keeps it simple. It was yeah. an accident. Yeah, yeah. Sal. Nobody needs to know nothing You didn't see nothing. Sal will show up by Thursday because I'm sure the bosses over at KTR are like, all right, the suicidal traffic guy's killing me. Killing you. Why do you think I feel? Every night I sit and stare at a bottle of aspirin and wonder how many it would take. Get LaGuardia in there. Oh, Sal LaGuardia with the traffic got another accident. Why you got so many questions? Look somewhere else. There's an accident. Stay out the 101. Who the f*** are you, Sherlock Holmes? Go to work. <laughs> Sal LaGuardia, Katie, I knows. Yeah, I love their traffic mix-ups when, uh, when the old man can't do it. They get on the cell, they want a more yeah. breaking news. There yeah. might be a body. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Not real day. sure. None of your business. There was something hanging out of his trunk. There's not no more. I don't see it anymore. I don't think it's a problem, and neither should you. <laughs> Where's John Roller? He should be here today. Why am I up so goddamn early? I got stuff to do. And go with Durant, 25 plus. This guy's speeding away like Tony when he had Adriana in a car. <laughs> They're going to roll. Anyway, look out for this dickhead. He's out there in a two or two. Some fell off the back of a truck. Don't worry about it. I mean, it must have been some sort of Chinese Pride Day out there in the 202. There's like four wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sal LaGuardia, and at least I'm not suicidal Tom. <laughs> we got a guy dangling off an overpass. Oh, I bet you I know who that is. That's our old traffic guy, Tom. He's gonna, is he going to do it? I think he's going to. Let's keep our eyes on that. He goes live. Is someone holding his feet, or is he just dangling? Jim Cross live from one of our traffic guys about to dangle onto the freeway and give Sal something to talk about. Tom, are you up there? I'm going to do it today, Jim. I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's a good chance he's going to do it. And I, for one, envy him. Uh, I'd like to be a splatter stain on the 10 today as well. Jim Cross, KTR News, go f*** yourself. <laughs> I love his sign off. Yeah, it's the best sign off in, the best sign off in the sport. Uh, yeah, so anyway, just keep your eyes open for that. And if you're on the uh, the meds, take a Waymo, take an Uber, do whatever if you're taking them. Because, and if you're affected like me, if you're not, you're one of those people going, what the hell is he talking about? Like you would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Allergy medicine doesn't do anything. Doesn't it does. Some, like, I, I would guess it's about 30% of the population just gets blasted out of their brain. You know what does nothing to me? Like Vicodin. And I, when I got the uh, eye surgery, not the most re- – I got LASIK surgery like 12, 13 years ago. And they give you Vicodin to relax you before, a little pill just sitting, you know, so you're not nervous and stuff. And I'm sitting in the room of drooling morons waiting their turn to go in. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, is this supposed to be doing something? I feel more nervous looking around at this, this gaggle of lobotomized human beings waiting for eye surgery. And I don't feel a thing. So my uh, attendant gives me a second one. Right. They, they waited an extra 30 minutes, like, just in case. Like, now you got now you got something going on. Like, I got nothing. She goes, are you nervous? I'm nervous that my body doesn't work right. Yeah. I, I, like, is this bad? And like, no, it's just designed to calm you down because, you know, it's a weird surgery to the eye thing. Nothing. Vicodin, uh, hyd- what are they, hyd- hydro- hydrocodone or hydrocodone, hydrocodone, yeah, that stuff. Uh, I have to take massive doses, and all that does is make me sleepy. But you give me Benadryl? I'm, I'm in heaven, and I'm going away for a while, so I shouldn't be driving. And I got to get the stuff with the pseudoephedrine. I got to get the real stuff, Man. otherwise it don't do anything. 
I, I don't know. It's been and it's sometimes tough to get, right? It does, but I mean, like the you stuff. You, big yeah, bomb. I gotta go. I gotta go to the pharmacist, and it's behind the counter because oh, they make some meth out of it. And stuff. Oh yeah, and then you can max out for the year. If you're going uh, I think too you can often. get. I think you can get three a month, three boxes a month. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, just watch out. Long, long, long way driver. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Every wrong Typical. way driver. You know what I mean when I say wrong way driver. Salaguardia. KTAR News. We've got another wrong way driver out there. <laughs> Gung Ho thought he could go 500 miles an hour this morning. Was he in a cannonball run? <laughs> It's probably a Nissan, but it's in the way, and uh, you're going to have a problem getting around it. Happy Chinese New Year out there in the 10, because Jesus, the dragon crashed this morning. <laughs> Always happens on the 10. I'm, I'm calling it the Jackie Chan. Salaguardia. <laughs> Salaguardia made me laugh every time. Because they had to replace Tom the Suicidal Guy with Salaguardia midweek. Oh, yeah. And it actually got a little bit weirder. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Because yeah, last last time Tom did the traffic on KJR and was suicidal. It lasted till Wednesday, and then Wednesday, this really gung ho Italian guy comes on with the greatest name in the history of Italian names, named after the former governor of New York who had a airport named after him, LaGuardia. <laughs> anyway, you don't need to know much more about what you know. It's my granddad. Don't worry about it. What are you even going out for? Haven't you heard of work from home? Do it. What? Jesus Christ, it's a mess out there. It's because you idiots. Oh, I got the helicopter. I got the bird's eye view over there at 27th and Camelback. For reasons I will not name, I suggest you stay away from that intersection. <laughs> Let's just say there's a lot of rap music in trouble. That's all I'll tell you. Holmberg's morning sickness. Disgusting. They smell. They're sticky. They say things that are horrible. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Holmberg's morning sickness. Now, speaking of that, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Somebody emailed me a few weeks ago and said, I don't understand Black History Month anymore. I don't get it. Like watching the news and stuff, I don't think they get it. So I've kind of been paying attention because it, it dawned on me that there may be something to this. So for the last few days, I've been paying attention to local news. It is my theory that the Black History Month has been co-opted by whites And black people have dropped the ball on what it is. Because I'm watching the news, and the last three or four nights, Channel 3 and Channel 15 do black a Black History Month story. And it's basically, there's one. It has nothing to do with history. It's just finding a black guy with a good job and talking to him for a few minutes. An extraordinary gentleman or woman? No, no. They had a great guy yesterday. And I actually was interested yesterday because he's the dean of journalism at Cronkite. And he was going to talk about... Uh, black history, like, we'll come back with this guy. And I'm like, oh, that'll be, you know, I don't know any pioneers of of radio or television in Arizona, at the very least, which you'd think would be the focus of local news, who are black at all. And I, I, I know for a fact that school never taught me anything about black people at all, other than slavery 
And I, I, it's five years ago I learned about the uh, the Black Wall Street bombing. And that's uh, shameful that we don't know about that. That's an amazing story, and it's just been buried. And so I'm sitting there thinking this guy's going to come out. And, say, and keep in mind, there is one, as far as I can tell, one black guy doing radio in this city. And it's the morning guy over at uh, the AM talk station. I forget his name. He wears a cowboy hat. Is it One, as far as I know. I don't know if there's any more. So... Like we don't have any pioneers in that industry. So I thought this guy was going to do nah, just to talk to him about his job and his family and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not black history. That is white people going, go get me a black guy and talk to him and then call it Black History Month. It's, black history is about like, I would like to have known. So then I started thinking to myself, through my education, I've been, lived here since 1983. And you, you went to the same schools yeah. I went to, Brett, except we high school is Gilbert and Thompson. Yeah. Otherwise, we went to the same schools. Who is the most prominent Arizona Arizonan who is African American that you were taught in school? Exactly. Your face just went super snake. Blank. Mine is, <laughs> I mean, you know what my answer was? Connie Hawkins. Oh yeah. yeah. Sons, sons. That's it. Kevin Johnson. No, I mean, yeah. Athletes. Right. I, I zero idea because it was never taught anything Man, now about I'm really that. Thinking. So to me, Black History Month should be called uh, sit down and shut up, cracker. Here's five minutes about black history. And not about some black guy with a good job, which is, a, don't look it up, Brady. I'm don't not. you dare Google good black Arizonans. But who would, but who would you say it would be? What, what, I just what told you, Connie Hawkins. I don't have an answer. No one does. No white people do. So in an effort to make Black History Month something meaningful, I think Whitey's taken it and just said, black guy, film him. Focus on that guy. They're not showing you anything. That would have been very interesting to me, to me, for my own personal benefit, to have the dean of journalism at ASU talk to probably Yetta Gibson, I don't remember who did the story, and say, here are five people in Arizona history that broke barriers and did work for the African-American community in journalism. Instead, it was, and it's a nice thing, and if I was the guy that had done the same thing, I'm not blaming him. But it wasn't black sure, history or anything. It was just Whitey might be a little bit stronger, but if you went down the line on that, the Hispanic Yeah, but we're talking about Black I mean, History Month. Yeah. Who cares about them right okay. now? We're talking about Black History Month. And they had a guy on there who was, you know, in charge of the whole thing, and they never asked him a question. So essentially it's become white people going, Ah, we gotta do something. There's one. It should be called There's One. It should be Channel Three it should be like Arizona's family presents black history. There's one. And then they just talk to him for a minute. And it's it's like the most condescending crap I've ever seen. So I was kind of like, this isn't anything having to do with black history outside of filling three minutes by saying, I know a black guy. It's essentially the I have black friends. It's ITZ and Schwartz all the time when they have a Jewish story, they send him out. I'm like, you're the weatherman. But if there's a Latke party or some sort of a, you know, oh yeah, Kishka, you know, giveaway, there you have Ian stand out there. It's the same thing. Channel 3 and Channel 15 is guilty of it, too. They're basically playing I Have a Black Friend and calling it Black History Month. But again, go back to your history here in Arizona schools. It's always just athletes, to be honest. Never once did they sit and focus down on, like, here's three or four guys that made it right. Especially in the business we're in. Super Snake. Yeah, that's about it. Well, that's I'm the guy it. from Kiss 1230, which is actually well, white me. guy. <laughs> that was actually me. I should interview you. You know, I have a lot to do with the uh, barrier breaking in African-American radio here in the Valley. You might remember me from Kiss 1230. I'm John Daniels. <laughs> that's you? Yeah, because a bunch of prick white guys wouldn't hire black guys to work at Kiss 1230. It was a computer in a closet. We didn't have any employees. 
Yeah, so I started to look at that, and I'm like, well, that's just wrong. And you know who's to blame? Black guys. They need to be the ones that go, no, no, no. Not some cracker, shaved-headed nutbag on the radio. Black people should be like, Channel 3, that's not Black History Month. You should be taking this time to actually say, here's something you guys don't know that you should know. That's his the family point. moved here in 1933. Not Admiral. that guy, though. Who cares about his history? That's not that's a black's history, not black history. That's where that's where Whitey loses it. They think if you just talk about a black guy's grandparents, that's black history. No, that's just a black guy's history. The whole point of Black History Month was they don't teach this, and Brett and I are proof of it, mm-hmm. in school at all. You are too, in school at all. So it was the opportunity to take a full month of the year to say, here's stuff that school skipped for the last 80 years that we want to see rectified. And I think black people dropped the ball, and Whitey picked it up and patched themselves on the back going, we're doing things for Black History Month. I don't see it. And it's late. We're two days left. Character features. That's all it is. It's there's one. Yeah. There's one. He's got a good job. Put him on TV. And it has nothing to do with black history. Nothing. It was what black history means to him, but nothing about that it. Was, it was a blown opportunity. And I started to think that somebody needs to say something, but there are no black voices in radio in Arizona at all. Zero. I am the one. So let me do it as James Daniels. Kiss 1230. I'm a little upset about black history month. I got to tell you what. We get into this stuff right here. We got to start talking about what happened, not what happened to me. That's an individual's black history. That's just my history. Black history should be taught all the time. Shameful that Brett has no idea (laughs) what the Tuskegee Airmen actually went through. You know what I'm saying? So maybe take the opportunity to interview a black historian who can tell you about things that have happened. And the best black historian I've ever known in my life is going to tell you about news you've never known. His name is Lou Rawls, and he's on Kiss 1230, the rhythm of the city. Thank you. (laughs) I admonished you for your white guilt and And posted it. (laughs) John Daniels is the greatest black broadcaster in Arizona history. And it's me. Don't you think, though? Well, uh, Cameron just emailed and says, come on, fellas. Brad Perry comes to mind, right? <laughs> Bruce right. Cooper. Bruce Cooper was a phenomenal. They should be leaning on him. Bruce Cooper's great. One of the greatest people. And it's not that, but again, you're just playing there's one. Yeah. You're playing there's one. There's one. Talk to him. But what you should have with the dean of journalism for Cronkite is that dude breaking down how important it's been for that community's growth in this industry. If you're going to talk to him, talk about his industry and what was historic about that, not his history. That's that's a that's just dumb. I, I mean, the ball literally. has been dropped, and 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 when I've asked, I I, I talked to my buddy Reggie because I played. Let's talk to a black guy yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, I, well, and I, I text you. him. I'm like, serious question here. Has Black History just completely lost its way and been totally commandeered by Whitey, which is basically Whitey patting themselves on the back with news features, going, "I met a black guy." That's essentially, and shouldn't it be called "Sit down, shut up, cracker"? Here's stuff you don't know. And maybe, you know, teach me about the Black Panthers. Teach me about the uh, Black Wall Street that got bombed, which is still I still have no idea what that even is. You don't? No. Look it up. Again, I you'll mean, be, it's, yeah. You'll be ashamed that it wasn't taught. Wow. It, it, it's, we sent in the military and blew it up. It was, it was doing gangbusters business. They were making a ton of money. And they sailed in with the planes and knocked it out. Jeez. All the way down the road. <laughs> Bombs. Didn't matter. Just blew it up. I learned about that five years ago on Frank Kelly. I'm learning podcast. it right now. 
Caliendo cast is where there we sat a, there. And like, and I didn't know that. There was a movie that came out that showed the military. There's been a couple of them. And then Lovecraft kind of dealt with it a little bit, but. Got into the mortgage business. Yeah. I'm not trying to be Rachel Dolezal here. <laughs> I'm basically saying I'm stupid when it comes to that. And in order for me to try to open my eyes, the opportunity is now gone. And I got to watch Brianna Whitney at Channel 3 talk to a black guy and call that Black History Month. And that's not it. <laughs> you, yeah, just take take two minutes of your day to look up Black Wall Street and how it started and how it ended. It's like, wow. No wonder they don't teach us this. This is pretty awful. So, yeah, I was just watching that, and I thought, well, this could be a thing. But, I mean, who's the most – I mean, Ohio's got a, a richer history with for, of being an American state. Yeah. But I guarantee you, you don't have much You got Jesse Owens, on. who's an well, there you go. who came through there. Yeah. Another. But your first thought is Jesse Owens. Yep. I mean, the pioneer that entertained us first and then, like, you know, became a and political figure. And, yeah, know. but he was forced into that more than anything else. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah, he's a he's a good one, but, I mean – who else? Like nothing. Like politically, I'm just trying right. to think. You're going to struggle, and there's been plenty probably who have pushed yeah. agendas and done this and done that. Nobody knows anything, and some you know it doesn't mean you have to agree that they're great people. It just teaches. There's a lot of people we get taught about in history that aren't good people. We get taught anyway. But this is it just to me. I'm watching. I'm like somebody after to say Jesse. Something. There's Archie Griffin, and then <laughs> right. then you got all the Ohio State Heisman Trophy winners, right up to C.J. Stroud here recently, which <laughs> yeah. is a pretty nice run there. My history with Ohio State is none of it. They can't produce a quarterback. They may have changed that in the last year. It is weird though, because I you know, and the man seemed very nice and knowledgeable, obviously. But I mean, you don't ask him about his history. That's so as cancely and weird as we are about race and everything else, and everybody's supposed to grow, and there's me sitting back going, oh, you're doing it wrong. Here's the list of prominent. Jordan Sparks is the number one most important African-American from Arizona. Is that an internet uh, list I'm looking at for real? Who's her hat in, back to be a judge? I don't know who Sophia White is. Theater. Marvin Bagley Third. Isn't that basketball? Yeah. Sharon Leal, she's very pretty. I, uh, uh, these are the most prominent. So right now there's a, a Viking, a basketball player, and Jordan Sparks. Well, I think these are people from Arizona, but like that, born oh, in okay. Arizona. All right, yeah. so this isn't about like they're prominent. These are people who are here. Well, yeah, the most famous from Arizona, like born in Arizona. Everson Griffin is number six. Yeah. All right. Where's Cameron Jordan? <laughs> we got to do a better job. <laughs> oh, Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott shouldn't be eighth behind. <laughs> Sean <laughs> Elliott's like a top three, if anything, on this. On this list, everyone is an athlete or a singer. Miles Jacks from Arizona. Scottsdale. How about that? Randall McDaniel, I knew he should be higher up, too. He's in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, well, they're all just athletes. Curly Culp. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> All right. Ridiculous. So I'm not wrong about this. And then when I was talking to Reggie about it, he goes, no, you couldn't be more right. He said, uh, it, it just needs to be kind of a sit back and learn moment rather than a, you know, go find one. Holmberg's morning sickness. Disgusting. They smell. They're sticky. They say things that are horrible. Holmberg's morning sickness. There was another go find one moment yesterday. If you think cancel culture isn't a sport, 
for the people who like it, you haven't been paying attention because Shane Gillis, who was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live about five years ago, but somebody dug around in his podcast and found him doing an Asian accent and then saying, like, just doing jokes like, you know, everybody does. And he took a couple of pot shots at Asians and it wasn't bad, but he did the accent and like, the you know, big deal. Uh, but, you know, couldn't be on Saturday Night Live anymore because for some reason somebody targeted him and said, he said this, and he's a bigot, and he's a racist, and he's like, I'm not. He goes, I try. And so he handled it beautifully five years ago, going, this was a big break for me, but if you're going to take it away for this crap, I don't want it. And, you know, these people are jerks and whatever. And he said all the right things. Well, in a true effort to be, like, you know, tongue-in-cheek, like, ooh, we're woke, but at the same time, we're into ratings. They had Shane Gillis host Saturday Night Live this last weekend. So he's not... he's. He's too controversial to be a cast member. He's too uh, filthy and awful to the human experience to be on the show. But a few years after, he can host it and talk about how I'm too big of a scourge to society to be on this show. This will be great right. for us. Oh, it's SNL. great for SNL. And, and it's good for him to kind of get a shot in. He did his monologue. And he's a stand-up comic. I actually like Shane Gillis. He's very funny. And he did his monologue about his uh, niece with Down syndrome. And he used the R word once. And he even said, he goes, look, I've got a history of it in my family. And he goes, I'm, you look at my face, you can tell, you know, I just barely dodged it. It nicked me. <laughs> and he starts, and he said, oh, boy, I'm, I'm really, I'm losing half the audience. He makes jokes about how the audience is kind of in, kind of out. I thought he was playing the audience and the detractors like a fiddle in his monologue. It's a hard monologue to do in the first place because it's Saturday Night Live. It's timed and there's no beats. And, like, you, Chappelle struggles for the monologue on there. And they, so this group of people is like, oh, he, made, he said the R word, and like they missed the point of the joke, which was the unity, because he's got his, uh, also has three adopted, I think, brothers who are African American. Oh, no, his, uh, they're his nephews. His sister had a Down syndrome daughter and then adopted three black kids. And he goes, and the ultimate form of like unity would be the one kid that calls her an R word on the playground out of nowhere. Uh, three brothers are going to come over and kick that kid's ass and he goes and that's just where that's the best thing that could ever happen and it's it's a funny joke to say wow you know this slur this slur is getting backed up by these guys who probably would have been slurred by the same kid that's going to get his ass kicked so it's a twofer so of course they missed the whole point of it and the people who want him gone have fired off this oh his monologue fails miserably as he you know goes down this treacherous uh, path of down syndrome jokes and making fun. So then they played the game There's One and got who? The most prominent uh, mentally challenged person out there, Chris Burke, Corky from Life Goes On. Again, they've dropped the ball too because there's, there's, since Corky, there hasn't been a, come on, need one more. A good doctor. It, oh, he, but he's pretending. Oh, okay. He's, and not in trouble. He's appropriating. But he's not uh, Down syndrome. He's oh, he's not? No, oh, okay. A wild case of Asperger's and autism. So Corky goes on, and I think they're waiting for Corky to start saying, ah, it's a terrible to believe it is. And Corky's like, eh, you keep us out of the jokes, and it's kind of dismissing us from society. So if we're not, if we're immune to the jokes, we're not part of it, that makes us less part of the whole fabric. And he goes, I like that he did it. And he's speaking from a place of uh, um, knowledge because he's got, you know, his perception of how Downson works from someone in his family. And so Corky didn't give them what they wanted, which was a pissed-off, mentally R-worded person screaming into the abyss about how he can never mention that stuff. He actually said, I thought it was kind of funny, and I'm glad it's been done because I like being – like my way of life has to be mentioned sometimes. And if we're immune to jokes, then that means you guys are coddling us, and I don't want that. The most sensible, smartest, knowledgeable answer and logical came from a guy 
who, uh, you know. Who is who's, represented uh, maybe, maybe has like a 93 IQ. Yeah, I mean, come on. But they don't want to hear from him now no, because no, 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 he no. didn't say what they wanted him they to say. They won't go back. Clearly, he doesn't no. know what he's talking about. Well, at the end about. of the article, it's all like, even though Chris Burke is for it, like they're like, he didn't say what we wanted. Well, it's still really uncomfortable to most people. It's like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And the best thing Shane Gillis is doing is just trudging forward like, I don't care. And He's these got people, a Netflix special coming out. I mean, this he's is killing promotion it. for his own. He's killing it. And he, he's... Which is great because he's kind of just lashing back at the people flailing blindly into the wind to try to get him because they didn't the first time. They thought they buried him in his career. And there's a there's a wry smile and a grin on the face of canceling people when they win. And when they lose, it's like, oh, we have to double down. Go get him again. I was like, no, people weren't that mad. Nobody's that mad. That's why the dude was allowed to host Saturday Night Live. That's why nobody pickets. That's why. And then they were talking about the Asian uh, a cast member of Saturday Night Live, Bo and Yang, who's also gay. And they said at the end of the show, he actually hugged Shane Gillis. I'm like, oh, you mean forgiveness, unity, the thing you want more than anything, but you hate when you see it? They were attacking Bo and Yang for being like a traitor. Like, oh, he hugged out. He hugged him. Didn't he hear seven years ago his jokes against Asians? <gasps> like, yeah, he's a comedian. Bo and Yang. He gets it. Bo and Yang's a comedian. Not not a stand-up, but he's like a comedian. Uh, he kind of understands that sometimes you have to do that. So, in a way, it's kind of a, you know, it's like watching those movies where you, the bad guy, like when the Wicked Witch melted a little bit. They're trying really hard. But then they went out and, and the most, you know, bigoted thing you can do, found themselves in our word and asked him, what do you think about it, our word? And Chris Burke's like, not much. <laughs> well, that's not what we wanted to hear. We need an angry R word. A hard R. <laughs> Didn't get it. I think, uh, again, like I've said for a while, I think the Downs people should start running for stuff because they're the ones making more sense than anybody right now. They're quick, one-sentence assessments of situations seem to be better than what we're doing, which is over-explaining and overthinking just about everything give me a single line give me some bullet points from a down syndrome perspective on the border and i bet you you'd walk away going man that's pretty good (laughs) give me if you have a down syndrome kid right now just say hey write down four things that you think should happen at the mexican-american border and watch i bet you he comes up with something like there's going to be like you know you go like a circus or a parade. We can't be quite like, build that. Right, number three but is going to be. we can work with. Number three is going to be like a Ferris wheel or a big slide. Ignore the obvious. But it, there's going to be a couple of good ideas in there. We just have to sift through. But I don't know. And they're, they're like, we need an angry R word. I don't think they exist. I don't think you're going to have an angry R word. I don't think you can. I think you're just fine with pretty much everything. Chris Burke proved it. Yeah, he made some jokes about us. Well, get over it. I've been through worse. It's like, oh, yeah, Sorry. But TMZ and MSNBC and all these places are trying to go out and find angry R-words to be mad at Shane Gillis to try to finish him off. And it's not working. His, his monologue was pretty funny, too. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was not no. bad. The show was not good. I, that's why I don't watch yeah. it. That's why I didn't catch it. I just, the show's terrible. I only wanted to watch it just because I And knew. I've seen a couple of monologues that weren't that. I mean, yeah. just tuning out after that. Norm MacDonald. Had a thing years ago. He was fired from Saturday Night Live because at the time the head of NBC was best friends with O.J. Simpson. Uh, and he made fun of O.J. Simpson a lot. 
So they called him into the office and they said, the O.J. Simpson jokes aren't funny and you're not funny. And Norm's like, I think they're funny. And he's like, they're not. And if you do any more of them, you'll be done. I think it was Don Olmeyer was the guy who was in charge. So Norm goes and does a couple more O.J. jokes and gets canned. And it, the reason why, he just wasn't funny. That was NBC's stance. Norm's just not funny. It's not because of what he said. They wouldn't ever stand with O.J. But, no, it's just not funny. So then a few years later, Norm hosts the show. And he's like, if, yeah, a few years ago, I wasn't funny enough to be on the show. And now, evidently, I'm funny enough to host the show, which tells me one thing. The show must really f- suck now. <laughs> like they're getting unfunny guys to host it. And he's right. That's what they did with Shane Gillis. They created the storm, and then they put him in there and said, we're the only one who benefits, even if he melted down, even if Shane Gillis did piss everyone off, SNL wins completely. So go ahead and try to cancel him. I've become a huge Shane Gillis fan for this, and also a huge Corky fan. Corky knocks it out of the yard for us, and we hear Corky every day. I don't think everybody realizes that right here... We close the show with Corky every day. We're the only show in Arizona that represents the mentally if you don't count KDKB. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Soapbox morning. I got up on it. So stop playing there's one and start doing your job, Channel 3, Channel 15, Channel 10. Hayden, I'm looking at you. Troy Hayden, you can change this whole thing. Stop playing there's one and go talk about black history for real. I would like to see Troy Hayden sit in a room with a uh, black historian just yelling at him about things he doesn't know and have Troy going, God damn, stop. I didn't know. <laughs> and what else you don't know? Crack up. I would love it. Just some dude on the street. If you're going to play There's One, Channel 3, go find one. Go down there to 27th Avenue and Camelback. Oh, no, no. We're, we can't do that. We're not going over there. Are you crazy? I'll go down to the Cronkite School and see if anybody's, you know prominent in charge like you know ceo of something i'll interview one of those and just go up and send brianna whitney up and go excuse me uh black people and they'll be like what do you want can you teach me a little about history and watch these two what are you talking about just a little what do you know about black history that you'd like me to know as a white person ain't this a bitch (laughs) that you a crook that's first off all right that's interesting that's how we learn you listen to the other side or is Arizona still a town? Hey, we're getting over 10%. we got to do something about this. <laughs> right. I think there's a lot of that. I think that's called Gilbert. I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> Seven. Seven percent, Gilbert. <laughs> it's not 7%. That's boost. Okay, Some four. athletes are yeah, out four. there now. <laughs> yeah, you might have shipped in a few kids from Chandler to play at the high school, but I don't think that's <laughs> With a adoptions and <laughs> right. recruitment. Oh, there is that. I, you know what I did? I forgot about the uh, white people making themselves feel better by getting it. That's true, because that is contagious. When a white Mormon family goes out and gets a black kid and does the Tui blindside thing. We got this savage in the mail the other day. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, my God. Give me that website. I want one. And then like 10 of them go up and the population rises and they say it's because. Third consecutive state championship. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till Gilbert Christian gets hold of this. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about the. The white ladies adopting black kids in Gilbert. That, and it seems like black people have moved into the area. No. It's not. It's white people going, I found one. I think the news is playing too much. There's one. And just call it that. Just have a little thing start and go, and now for Black History Month, it's time to play. There's one. 
<laughs> we sent Ian Schwartz out in the traffic and weather van to point at black people and say, there's one. Ian? Hey, guys, I'm out on the track. There's one. I'm out on the van. It's like the Michael Richards game. <laughs> Michael Richards, without all the slurs, it's like Michael Richards. Yeah, there's one, Jerry. There's one. Anyway, if I'm offended, because it's like, well, this isn't anything. Somebody else, uh, you know, a little tanner than me should be, too. But then again, I am the voice of the rhythm of the city, so <laughs> I do have a little bit of say in this. As the former feature, face of Kiss 1230, the rhythm of the city. I think I might actually be the smoothest black DJ in the city. Now the Super Snake's gone. Yeah, I was going to say. Because James Daniels is good. Or John Daniels, I'm sorry. <laughs> James Daniels is a... He's an offensive lineman for the Steelers. I got a little confused. <laughs> Let's get a wake-up song, shall we? 585-9800. A good one! And we'll scream it together. It's 98KUPD. Wake up! Arizona's most powerful rock radio station. He said fully erect. 98KUPD. <laughs>